Passage, and this is the UCI Podcast. We're here with Andrew Neumer, Associate Professor of Public Health. He's an expert on public health responses to pandemics like COVID-19 and their long-term consequences. We'll be discussing how and when life will return to normal after the COVID-19 pandemic ends. Professor Neumer, how is flattening the curve working? Thank you, Tom, for having me on your podcast. Flattening the curve is actually working quite well. And we're seeing a number of states, including uh, California, where, from where we're both sitting, and, and, and Orange County, our local county here, uh, really uh, doing well, have having fewer cases than we, based on, than we expected based on early extrapolations. And uh, the Orange County um, ICU beds are not full. In fact, are running at less than 50% capacity right now. So the, the so-called lockdown, or the, uh, some people are calling it a shelter in place, it's not exactly what it is, but it's working and it's, and it's working, working well. Well then, how much longer will this social distancing and home self-containment need to continue? Well, there is the uh, rub. And the, unfortunately, if, with this virus, since it's pretty widely disseminated in the population, it's not simply going to go extinct if we do this for another two and a half weeks and then we can all sort of go back to the beach, if, uh, so to speak. You know, the, the virus is out there in the population and there's no moat around Orange County where, where you and I both uh, are speaking from and there's no moat around you know, every other county in, in, in the state. And so, so we're not just an island. And you know, and the virus is, is pretty widespread. So it's not going to simply disappear. And that means when we, when we ease the shelter in place or lockdown or whatever you want to call it, it's going to have to be done so carefully and based on scientific data, on antibody tests. And so if we just sort of started easing the shelter in place on May 1st or the lockdown on May 1st and, and started going out into the community, um, we, we wouldn't, uh, we would just simply have a second wave. And um, all the progress we've made at keeping the ICU beds in Orange County less than fully occupied is just gonna is just gonna um, be lost. So it's a really tricky situation. Even though we've done really well to to flatten the curve so far, um, we need to stay the course now, and it's it's, it's extremely it's extremely tricky. And it doesn't seem like there's a timeline that is suitable to lift these uh, self-containment orders? Well, I mean, we're gonna have to strike a balance. I mean, epidemiologically speaking, let's do it for 15 months. And in mid, uh, in in July or August, 2021, we can all go back to normal. And um, and then we're, you know, that is probably okay, epidemiologically speaking, but uh, that's not gonna work in practice. People will not, uh, to do this for the next 15 months. It just, it just won't happen. It just won't work. Um, you know, even if uh, the order is not lifted uh, as a matter of law, I mean, people will de facto just start going out more. I mean, it's, it's just not going to, we cannot do this for 15 months straight. So there's going to have to be a balance struck between, you know, letting off too soon and or too suddenly versus uh, being perfect from a, a purely epidemiological point of view, because mm-hmm. that's gonna take too long. Well, 
look after this pandemic era ends, what do you feel the impact the pandemic will have had on society? What is the next phase of American life going to be like? Right. I, I, I can offer two um, speculations there. I mean, the pandemic era, you know, I, I mean, I think the word pandemic is going to be something on our lips for uh, years to come. I mean, I mean, this is going to be felt for a long time. I mean, one of the things that we can do when we all start going out more regularly is mask in public, cover our, our, our nose and mouth and potentially our eyes in public um, so that so that we'll we'll be one of those societies you know where people just mask you know uh, when they go out um, and um, after SARS this was more common in in uh, in certain places in Asia but I think the United States is, is going to see more of that because that's a strategy we can do to get started sooner rather than later and as I said people just won't tolerate it for for 15 months straight. So expect to see more masks in our future. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, we have experience with a respiratory virus called influenza. And every winter we have the influenza season or flu season. And so we, we're more likely to get a cold uh, during the winter time. And th that's caused by flu and also other respiratory viruses. And uh, what, what we're probably going to have is flu and COVID season coming up in, in the years to come but because the virus isn't going to be eradicated um, and it's not going to disappear on its own. Uh, it won't be eradicated at least in the near term and it won't disappear on its own either. So what we'll have is it will transition from this acute pandemic phase to a phase where it's more like a seasonal respiratory virus like the ones we already have. But it means that the winter flu season may be twice as deadly as, as it already is, you know, I'm talking, you know, uh, once we're out of this emergency phase, we may just have seasonal COVID. So much will depend then on an effective vaccine. I mean, you know, the one thing that could, could land like a ton of bricks and, and, and get everything back to normal is, uh, is a vaccine. And so that is truly our, our best hope here. And, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen how realistic that is in a short time frame. A vaccine has to be safe, it has to be effective, it has to be available, and it has to be affordable. So it has to be safe with few side effects, it has to be effective, it has to confer protective immunity, it has to be available, meaning we, we would have to be able to make 320 million doses of it in the U.S. alone, and uh, it has to be affordable so that everyone can can get it. So those are four things, and it it remains to be seen, you know, how soon we can accomplish that. Um, you know, it, the vaccine is going to be the thing that lands like a ton of bricks and and ends this epidemic. But I don't want to give people the sense that it's that it's just around the corner and any day now, you know, the we can, we'll have a vaccine. Uh, we just don't know yet. The the people who who work on vaccines are, are working around the clock on it, but it just, it's not clear when it will arrive. Okay. One final question. What are we learning about state and federal government response to this pandemic that can be helpful in the future? Well, I, I mean, I think the, in the United States, um, we have seen that we we're not living up to our own high expectations for, 
how well we were prepared for uh, a pandemic and how well uh, we respond to a pandemic. I, th I think we can do better. Um, and, you know, we're not the only country that's been caught off guard by this, by any stretch of the imagination. We, we've seen in the, uh, in the liberal democracies of Western Europe that there's been some very severe um, impacts of this. And we've seen in, in, you know, in countries uh, all over the world, which have vastly different political systems than either ourselves or, or Europe, that there's also been some severe impacts. So it's just something the whole world is grappling with, including the United States. I mean, Singapore was held up as a wonderful example of, you know, a, 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 an excellent public health re response to COVID. And that's, of course, helped by the fact that they're an island with a single international airport and, and uh, a very proactive state that has a, a well-developed public health infrastructure. But now Singapore also has a second wave. So it is a challenge for even the most prepared governments. I think um, the U.S. federal government um, has, uh, it needs to do better. The, uh, the CDC needs to play more of a leadership role. I mean, their initial missteps with the test kits was, you know, unfortunate. And I think, you know, people will be talking about that for years to come. There'll have to be an examination of exactly what went wrong with the whole first round of test kits. We're doing better on the PCR testing, on the viral testing nowadays, but we need to start rolling out uh, antibody testing. And the CDC needs to play a re leadership role there. And then, this, you know, the United States is kind of interesting because we have 50 states in the District of Columbia, each of which has their own health um, departments. And, and then, so we're seeing a patchwork of different responses in different states. And so it's, it's, a, it's a really complex um, situation in the United States. And I think we will see disparate impacts in different states as, as well. Well, thank you, Professor. And thank you for listening to the UCI podcast which is a production of UCI Strategic Communications and Public Affairs. For more about all things COVID-19, please go to oc-covid19.org.